Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy, been with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I say on every episode, we've got a great show for you. We've got Savannah Madison, who's doing some great things in the music industry. And she's also doing some great things outside of music that I know we'll talk about too. Um, but we're excited to hear parts of her story and talk some music. So Savannah, are you here? Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on. It's our pleasure. You know what's funny is we're based out of Savannah, Georgia, and you're Savannah, so we're you know, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I love that. I visited Savannah one time when I was young. I was little, and I didn't understand why my name was everywhere, but I think I'd appreciate it so much more now. <laughs> no, that's funny. I love that, though, that, that about the name. That's pretty cool. Um, I like to get started the same way on every show because um, we're in a weird year this year. Um, it's with COVID and all that. So I always want to get that kind of out the way so we can hit it and hit it hard. So how has COVID affected you? And I know it's affected you huge because I've read your bio. But how has COVID um, affected you, and what are you doing to maneuver around that? You know, it's been it's been crazy and unpredictable for everyone. Um, obviously, a lot of plans got mixed around for a lot of artists, so it definitely changed the way my 2020s looked in a couple ways. One of them is I was slated to tour this summer with Cash and Maverick, who are two big uh, TikTok influencers and good friends of mine, and we oh, had wow. to unfortunately cancel that tour, yeah, this summer. But, you know, it ended up being a blessing in disguise because I have gotten to kind of interact a lot more with, you know, my supporters and followers on social media doing a lot of lives. And um, I've released two songs during the pandemic. So it's been a blessing and a curse. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling, you know, like I was telling you before the before we started this, we started the show January 3rd of this year. And our original plan was 80, 100 interviews, and we thought, you know what? If we did that, we'd probably be ahead of the crowd. We probably, we would probably do more interviews than most um, interviewers the very first year. So we thought, you know, this would be a good goal. We thought, at least we thought. Then COVID happens, and and I'm looking yep. around, and I, and I'm sitting there like, huh? All these artists need a place to talk. Yes. And I was like, you know what, we're going to give them that platform to talk. And we just stepped it up. And I, I told Sandy, you know, this is our year to shine. Nobody knows who we are. They will after this year. And because of that, you are interview number 230. I am so excited to be number 230. 230 <laughs> is a great number. So <laughs> I love it. So um, I always like to get started with a little bit of light before we really dig into the story. So what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Oh, my gosh, so many things. So I moved to Tennessee two and a half years ago from Florida, and Florida's great for beaches, but we didn't have a lot of great hiking spots in Florida, at least that I went to growing up. So I love going hiking. During my free time, we go all kinds of waterfalls all over the state, so that's really fun to do on days off where I don't have anything. Um, oh, gosh, I have three dogs, so I like to spend a lot of time with my dogs and my family. Um, but, yeah, no, just basic everyday off things. <laughs> And, and you know, talking about the beach and stuff, you know, we live it. We're a coastal town. I, you know, 49 years old now. I was 14 when we moved to Savannah, and I can, you know, and that's, I'll be honest. You know, the hardest thing about next year moving to Nashville will be giving up the coast because I'm a coastal guy. But Nashville has so much more to offer. So you know, kind of outweighs. But still, that's a tough one. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it. I definitely miss the beach a little bit sometimes. 
But we're so mm-hmm. close, you know, Savannah's not how many hours do you think you are from Nashville driving? Well, from here, I think it's about seven and a half hours, but I know that Nashville, if you're in the south end of Nashville, it's about, what, six and a half from, like, Panama City or something like that, yeah. the, the other side yeah, of Florida. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Quick little, you know, day drive, and you're in, you're at the beach again, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So, what would you say is something quirky about you? Oh, gosh. Okay, I, hmm, I always sleep with fuzzy socks on because I get super cold. I think that's quirky. <laughs> My sister makes fun of me. She's always hot. So we're the, we're the opposite. And uh, she'll always be like, are you, are you your socks on yet? Before, before I go to bed. So <laughs> that's funny. Now my wife should be on any time because she's putting our oh, 18 I'm month here. old da- da- daughter. Oh, you're here. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. I'm here. Hey, I just yeah. want to make sure. <laughs> I know that she was just putting our daughter down. So. Yes. I was starting to worry that you fired Sandy, Chris. It was just the Chris show. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, so, sometimes people say, is this the Chris show? Because you know, she, she's kind of in the background. She does talk right. a little bit. Well, we're getting, we're pushing her a little bit more. As as we grow our show, I'm pushing her a little bit more out there. I love that. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Yeah, sometimes I'm like changing diapers while trying to talk, <laughs> taking care of the 18 month old who will be 19 month old tomorrow, but we make it work. Oh my God. A boy or girl? A <laughs> uh, girl. And we have a boy too who you'll hear from later. He's eight. Oh my goodness. Wow, I love that. Yeah, we always yes, let him ask one question to each artist. Yes. Oh, my, I'm so excited to hear his question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah. we are a family affairs show. In fact, we right. just locked in the domain name um, familyaffairmedia.com because we're thinking about that's going to maybe our main media company is Family Affair Media. I love it. Is it? Um, is it your? He's your son. <clears throat> yeah, this is all of us. Our stuff. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm so excited to meet him. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> <laughs> so as we, you know, tell everybody a little bit of. Um, who you are, where you're originally from, and kind of a backstory of you. Of course. So I am Savannah Madison. I'm 19 years old. I'm a singer-songwriter, and I do a couple of other things, too. I'm a published author with Random House, and I run a 501c3 military appreciation organization. Um, so a lot Love of fun that. projects. Thank you so much. Yeah, a big part of my, my life and my story is the 501c3, so I'd love to tell you all about that, too, but uh, I've been super blessed to move to Nashville. Love it here. I'm from Florida originally, and I love Florida. Like I said, love the beach, but Nashville's incredible, and the music here and all of that. So I've been here for about two and a half years now, and I love it. Oh, wow. So I've read a little bit of the story. So tell us a story and how the whole 501C came about, because I love this. Yeah. Yes. we. You can. know what? Oh, go ahead, Sandy. Sorry. That's okay. It was just agreed with Chris there. We, we'd love to hear about how that got started. Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of um, unexpected. I was in fifth grade at the time, and I lived in Florida. I had a best friend named Wilson, and we were in fifth grade together. I had known her for a little bit at that point, and we were just super close. Um, and I learned in fifth grade that her dad was in the military. And I don't have any family members that I knew or were close with that were in any branch of the military. 
So it was kind of my first experience learning about it through her. And it was really cool to hear about all the cool things that her dad did. And we knew him and he, you know, worked in South Florida. Um, But we found out, you know, a couple months into that school year that he was going to be deployed um, for a year long. Uh, kind of, yeah, but it's super, super hard on their family and watching them go through that and Wilson be sad about it for me as a fifth grader made me sad. And so I knew I wanted to do something to help her and help her family. So I ended up starting a little letter writing project. Uh, We wrote letters to the soldiers in her dad's battalion um, and quickly learned that there were a lot of them. There were over 700 deployed with him. And so it kind of became a group letter writing campaign. My school got involved. (laughs) Oh, wow. We definitely need help. Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. Uh, and then uh, it kind of went viral on Facebook. And so we started receiving tons and tons of letters to my house. Um, and then the Today Show heard about us and picked us up. So it became a national organization after that. Um, since 2012, we've sent over 350,000 letters to deployed military. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, that's been a huge, huge um, honor. I'm very cool. And met, you know, um, members of the military that have received our letters, and that's been incredible. And um, I've had the opportunity to speak for over a million kids across the United States about the importance of military and what they do. So it's just been a huge, very cool project. (laughs) Oh, well. And to think that you started this at age 10. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> That's I mean, amazing. As I as I'm reading your bio before we got on up here, I was I told Sandy, I was like, My God, she she's done more by age nineteen than most people do in a lifetime. Yeah. Oh my gosh, thank you. So tell us a little it bit about a- the book you wrote also. Being the author and all that. Yeah. I mean, that's gotta oh, be yeah. amazing. Yeah, so well, when, um, you know, her dad was deployed and we started adopting more units once their unit came home um, and started working with other branches because he was in the Army. So we kind of expanded out. We needed more help. Um, and I kind of got the opportunity as an 11- and 12-year-old to go uh, travel the country and be able to talk about the project. So mm-hmm. from the age of, like, 12 to 15, I did a lot of that. Um, and spoke to so many kids in so many schools and were able to, you know, kind of help them understand and collect so many letters. Um, But in the schools, you know, you have such a limited amount of time with the kids, and I wanted to be able to leave something behind with them. So when I turned 15, I I know it was was just um, kind of a natural fit to be able to incorporate the book into that project, and I got really lucky with Rodale first being my publisher, and then they were purchased by Random House. Um, and Random House ended up publishing the book when I turned 18, so it was really cool. Man, I mean, what more can you ask for, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so now let's um, shift gears to music a little bit. As you know, you know, a lot of people when they see the they see artists, they, they you know they see the glory of a Blake Shelton of a Miranda, of a Carrie, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get to their level, but even at a career level. And nobody talks about this. And I've always said on our show, we're going to talk about it because I think it's the most important thing to talk about is what y'all have to go through to build any kind of career. (laughs) Because your average person will never understand it. And I'm going to tell a quick story to help lead us where I want this to go. But back in 2014, 
we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, and at that time they were full-time with music. And I'll never forget the answer that she gave us to the question where I asked her what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist. And she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, if you can, if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, the moment you want it to be a career, everything changes because your life is no longer your own. Everybody owns a piece of whether it's a label whether it's music things, whether it's producers, it doesn't matter. Everybody owns a piece of it. And she goes, your friends and relatives will never understand. They invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to holidays. But when you're in that grind mode, you you can't say no to a gig, and you definitely can't cancel once you've got the gig. And your friends never understand that. Then on top of that, your family has to sacrifice with everything that's going around you. So it's not just the artist that sacrifices, the family. Then if that's not enough, there are days where you probably feel miserable. You really don't want to do anything. But if you've got a gig that night, you've got to get on that stage and smile. Like She goes, but, and she added, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in. Because that's the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it. I love it. I can totally agree with her on that. Um, since I was little, you know, I've always had this passion for music. And, mm-hmm. you know, it looks so many different ways when you're a kid, just singing in the car or maybe joining chorus or choir at school, um, being involved in singing at my church when I was really, really young. Um, and I was really lucky in the beginning to be picked up by the Miami Marlins, which is my baseball team down in South Florida where I live, um, to sing the anthem for their season. And that was kind of a big moment of realization for me that how much I loved being on stage as a nine and 10 year old singing the anthem for them and, you know, being in front of all these people. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I loved it. I just loved Mm -hmm. it. And um, I got lucky again. Also the um, rest of the sports teams in South Florida, so many of them started calling and asking if I would sing for them as well. So even (laughs) as a fifth grade and fourth grader, I was singing the anthem for the heat and the, uh, Panthers in Florida, and I ended up traveling around uh, doing the Red Sox, and I, I did a, probably a hundred anthems that year. It was just crazy, but I loved it. I fell in love with it. And when I finally got to come to Nashville and start learning how to write, that was also mm-hmm. a big game changer because I love the process of learning about it, and then also being able to express myself through writing was yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just have always, you know, known that it's something that I, I want to do. So I, I totally you know, agree with her saying that being all in and um, it does take sacrifice. You know, my family moved with me to Nashville when I was signed to CAA and I'm so thankful for that, you know, sacrifice and them having to kind of leave life in South Florida behind and come here with me. It was a huge thing. So I love that. Yeah, because, you know, we've got a, I guess we said earlier, we got an eight year old and an 18 month old. We've always mm-hmm. said we would move where it takes. If, like, of course, we're moving to Nashville next year. So if anybody wants to be a singer, singer, um, we'll be right there in the middle of all that. Yes. But down the road, if one of them ends up really good at actor, actress, or something, well, guess what? I guess we're all packing our bags and moving to LA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whatever it takes to help your child. That's We're what I open, see. yeah. I love that. Y'all sound just like my mom, and she's always been, uh, you know, my number one supporter. And her being willing to, you know, move and 
live here with me has been just so amazing because I was, you know, underage when I moved here. I'm 19 now, yeah. and I was mm-hmm. 17 when I moved here, about to turn 18. And so it was just, I mean, I couldn't have done it without them. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, a lot of times people don't understand an artist's point of view and all the or artist speaker it doesn't matter what they do it, you know the creative type person um because you know like when your top artists are interviewed there's always that same question that every host asks it, it never fails they're going to ask what would you be doing if music didn't work and 9 times out of 10 the host is always surprised because because many times they say I, I, i'll never forget the answer is that I would just be a broke musician because I had no plan B. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and the average person don't can't, you know, because we're so pushed in this day and time the, that you have to have the plan B, plan B, plan C. In fact, they, they, now they got this whole thing that, well, plan A don't work. You can go all the way through plan Z, you know. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I remember hearing an artist talk about that if you have a plan B, Every artist will go through those struggles. That plan B becomes plan A. Mhm. <clears throat> now, Absolutely. since every since every artist goes through them struggles, um, I'm sure you've had your share. Um, tell us a moment to where you had a fork in the road, because every artist at least has one, if not multiple, where you could have went the other way, where you may have thought, "Is it even worth it? Is what I'm doing working?" Is it ever going to grow or whatever thoughts you may have had, the doubts that you have? But what inside of you drove you to get past that? Yeah, I mean, oh, gosh, I can think of a million moments like that throughout <laughs> my career. And um, a lot of it looks like a um, an opportunity that shut a door shut, you know, um, mm-hmm. with, with labels. For the first time I came to Nashville, um, I had a – couple meetings and some of them, you know, you get so many no's in this industry and you get yeah. so many come back mm-hmm. back here and then and whenever. Um, but the yeses are so worth all of the no's. So when I you know, finally was able to meet with CAA, which is mm-hmm. my agency now, I love them more than anything and they've helped me so much and given me so much opportunity since I have lived here. Um, I was so used to hearing the no's at that point of this meeting, right, coming from South Florida and coming and sitting in this big office during just a trip to Nashville. I didn't even live here yet. Um, And for Rod Essex, who's my agent now, to sit there and say, you know, we need you to move here. We want to work with you. I just cried and cried. It was so, so, so (laughs) amazing getting to know I was going to be able to live here. Recently, being able to work with Radio Disney, that's been a huge dream of mine. And I've I think since I've been 10 years old, been, you know, Googling, sitting in offices, trying to get to their office somehow. Um, and then this mm-hmm. last L.A. trip in January, them saying, you know, we'd love to have you on our team as an artist has been incredible. So, so yeah, just these, these big yeses make all, all the hundreds of no's so worth it. Well, I love that. Um, and, and, you know, we usually talk about that side of it. I think you hit it pretty a good bit. But, you know, outside of what you've already said – what are a few other moments, one or two, where you look back and you're like, wow, that happened? Now, I know we just talked about a couple, but what are one or two more that were it's, – it's just amazed you? Oh, gosh, so many. So um, sometimes things happen, I feel like, in the artist world, and 
what you know you were talking about being prepared all the time when it comes to that sacrifice and taking these risks and chances mm-hmm. can be super so um, I've had some more recent success on social media and being able to kind of build a little bit um, of a following on TikTok and Instagram, and that's been really cool. Yeah, TikTok's huge for you. Yeah, oh, my gosh. I, it's just the craziest thing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I, love, I love it. I'm so lucky um, in that area. And it took a long time to, you know, finally find something that works on there, too. So that in itself, the whole story of determination. But where I was um, <laughs> going with it, was um, one day, this is so crazy, so two of the top biggest TikTok kind of influencers that are awesome musicians are Cash and Maverick. Um, And I was actually speaking for Savannah Soldiers at a school in Virginia, and Maverick, with Cash and Maverick, shot me a message Mm. on Instagram and asked me if I would happen, you know, to live in Oklahoma. And I I was freaking out because, you know, this person (laughs) that I'd never met before um, with 18 million followers on TikTok had just messaged wow. me on Instagram, like, oh, my gosh. And I responded back that I don't live in Oklahoma, but, you know, what does he need? Because I can be in Oklahoma, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he asked me if I would open for their show the next night in Oklahoma. I was in Virginia. Oh, so wow. we booked a flight and showed up there, I think, an hour before the show. And, um, you know, it was one of my favorite performances ever, just a crazy crowd um super super fun i got uh, to do a meet and greet after the show with everyone and um they knew my songs from tiktok which was really cool so they were singing along and it was just a crazy last minute opportunity and then i became friends with cash and maverick and they booked me for their summer tour so it was a last minute thing and had i not taken that risk i might not have had that next opportunity so it was it worked out pretty crazy wow I absolutely love that. It's, it's, you know, again, I know that you've had your fair share of struggles, but it's really cool when you listen to your story and how each piece just was added onto the neck. It's almost like you're building a house brick by brick, and you lay a brick down, and there's nothing there, and you lay another brick and another brick until all of a sudden you have the foundation. Yes, absolutely. And that's the part I- that people don't get. You know, they, they see the big artists. Or even like a Luke Combs, where all of a sudden it looked like Luke Combs came out of nowhere, you know. But yeah. he didn't, you know. He's been doing it for year, years, way before everybody. You know, like they say, the average overnight success is is ten years. Absolutely, <laughs> that's so right. Another um, crazy story I remember too is um, Charlie Daniels was he's so incredible, and I'm I'm so 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 sad oh, wow. by. Oh my gosh, oh, his okay. recent past horrible because he's such a legend, mm-hmm. but. Uh, mm-hmm. I went to his volunteer jam the year before his mm-hmm. 80th birthday, which was in, um, oh gosh, in Nashville, the Bridgestone Arena, and mm-hmm. I just attended as guest. And I told yeah. my mom, I said, I really would love to perform here next year. Um, and Charlie was so, um, his whole team is just, they check their emails, they're really on, they were, you know, really on top of it for him. And, um, I think I think my manager at the time shot him an email and let him know, you know, hey, are you booking for next year's volunteer jam? I have an artist that uh, named Savannah who wants to perform and, you know, be a part of that. And I guess Charlie himself looked up, you know, my project and volunteer jam is military, you know, support. He works a lot with veterans, which is really cool. So he had me back the next year, um, and I got to perform with him. And we sang, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? It was so cool. Luke Bryan was on stage with us. Oh, wow. 
three doors down. It was the coolest moment. It was amazing. So just, you know, you never know what what the uh, yes will be, if that makes sense. We we sent that Uh, email not knowing. That that totally yes. makes sense because so so many things have happened in our life and, mar- and next month will be married eighteen years but so many times through the years it's like negative 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 and then this plus but the plus only happened because of those other negatives you know <laughs> mm-hmm, that's true and I, I love that about your story um, so we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna play your your song Eyes on Me and then talk about that. How's that sound? Amazing. Sounds good. All right. Hang on the line. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out.
Tonight we're having no regrets And you don't even know it yet Eyes on me with the heels and dress Hot enough to make you sweat Tonight we're having no regrets And you don't even I'll be what you Love that song. Love it. Thank yes. Thank y'all so much. It's so cool to hear a station, uh, any time a station plays, plays your song is surreal. So I appreciate y'all playing it. <laughs> oh, so tell no us problem. a little bit about the song and how that came together. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I started out, you know, doing super, super country, which is, I mean, I feel like influences a lot of my lyrics and writing now. Um, and I mm-hmm. just love the that's what I listen to in the car. It's my, it's a, you know, stuff definitely brings me back home. I love it. So um, doing these pop recent projects, my last release and this one have been interesting and new for me and so fun. Oh, wow. um, I was a quarantine song. So my producer who's out in LA, I actually had to record the vocals in Nashville um, with Dawson Anderson, who's incredible, um, and just did that for me. And then we were able to send that to the producer out in L.A. And um, so it was kind of a socially distant song, but <laughs> it um, <laughs> turned out exactly how we envisioned. So I love it. It talks about, um, you know, meeting someone somewhere, this love at first sight concept, and just knowing that, you know, you want to be with that person and dance with that person all night you know, even if you don't know them yet. Yeah. So I love that kind of fast falling in love idea. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've got that story. Um, you know, we met online back in 2002 when it was taboo. Now, a lot of people meet online now, but back then nobody met online. We were called stupid. Mm-hmm. But I remember that yeah. Sandy and I met on February 2nd of 02. We talked on the phone for the first time on February 4th because, of course, we were just chatting at first, the first two days. And then yes. February 4th, we chat, We talked on the phone for the first time. Then February 18th, we set a wedding date, and March 4th, we met in person. Yes. So we were – she flew down here so we could see each other and see who we were going to marry. No yes. way. So we have one of those <laughs> really crazy stories, and here we are 18 years later. And did y'all get married on that, that set date? We did. Yep, the, it was October, October 5th. 5th of 2002 mm-hmm. is what we set. We did. Oh, my gosh. I love it. That's amazing. <clears throat> and you have kids now. Yep. Yes. Now, granted, you know, although we have that fairy tale start, we also did, we didn't have a fairy tale beginning because I, I went through 19 years of addictions, and the first five years of our – uh, until God healed me almost 13 years ago. But so the first five years of marriage, it was really tough on her 
Because, see, six months after my mom passed, I mean, after we married, my mom passed away, and I didn't know how to handle that. So I went right back to what I knew best, addictions. <clears throat> and, it went, and it went downhill really fast. But, you know, through all that, Sandy never nagged me. She never put me down. She never um, did anything against me. She always uplifted me in every way she could. Through, so she loved me through the addictions. And, you know, sometimes people will kind of tell us, well, she allowed you to walk over her. And that's really not true. She allowed me to experience God's pure love through her. I, I have zero doubt that God brought her in my life to heal me. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That makes me, that makes me <laughs> cry. That's so – Wow. That's and all this I'm, had to happen, and it's funny because here we are on a show together, right? So you just never know how yes. things are going to go. That's incredible! That's so wow, I'm so, I'm so that's an amazing testimony too. And I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, that has to be such a hard thing to recover from, and and I can't imagine 16 years. That's a, that's incredible! Wow. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, 19 years of addictions. You know, again, it changes who you are. It changes what, how you think. And, and see, the, the the good thing is, you know, because even though we didn't have togetherness, you know, before we married, we talked a lot on the phone. So we got to really know our personal beliefs and personal this and deep down stuff because that's all we had was the phone because she lived in Kentucky and I lived in Georgia. Because I think we spent less than 20 days face-to-face before we married in those eight months. Um, but I think that's what helped us stay together because I really believe that – when Sandy was going through the beginning stages of my addictions there, I think what got her through those moments is she really believed after our talks that she really believed God brought us together for a purpose. And oh, she held on to she held on to that with everything she had, believing in that. And and believing that God was going to heal my heart whatever way it took. And eventually, she didn't know when, but eventually God woke, woke me up enough to where I finally come around, finally turn my life back to him, and I've now been so – December 26 will be 13 years sober. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. That's amazing. Now, when you all got married, did she move to Georgia? Yeah. I did, yes. Yes, we got married in okay. Tennessee, Pigeon Forge, sort of the halfway point, and I, I moved down yes. to Savannah after that. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That is – okay, y'all have a cooler story than me. I, <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> you know, and, and, you know, I, we try to have this um, – our show kind of a blend of the artists or guests, whoever – because we don't always have artists, but yeah. most of the time it's artists. But we try to have a blend of their story mixed with our story because we want it to be a conversation. We don't really want it to be just an interview like, like like we ask a question, you answer. We ask a question, you answer. I've always said if i got to do that, I'll quit. I'm yeah. a conversationalist. <laughs> I've got to have yes. that conversation or it's what, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's I love it. So one thing I like to do on our show is um as as you know when people see the artists they they don't see the PR people they don't see um the managers producers or any of that and i think that the team doesn't get enough love out there to be honest and i've always said on our show that's going to be different so we always like to give artists a few minutes to kind of talk about their team so if you want to tell us the team that helps you be who you are that'd be awesome 
Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Okay. I've helped. I can't forget anyone. This is a lot of pressure. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> this is like my Grammy thank you speech. Let me just practice here. Um, yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, well, my mom to give a shout out to my mom first. She's incredible and has supported me for so long. Also, my sister, Sierra is amazing and is always along for the ride, which is so cool. My agent is Rod Essig at CAA. He's the coolest guy in the world, and I still feel really cool texting him because that's just so cool to have his phone number. <laughs> I love that. Um, oh, gosh. I mean, I, I let me think. Oh, no. Oh, my mom's saying, Mom, our team members, who are our team members that we're thinking? <laughs> oh, yes, Zach Coon. Zach's amazing, too. He's helped me so much with distribution of my last two singles, and it's always been there for oh, well. me for cool phone calls and things like that. He's awesome. My producer, uh, Andrew Lane's amazing. Gibson Guitars for sponsoring me. Love them. Um, think, am I forgetting one ball? I think that's pretty good, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are, we are doing good. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, um, Tell us, since your mom is so much a part of what you do, you probably will have a thousand stories you could tell. But tell us one that kind of stands out where your mom or your parents went above and beyond for your career, and you're like, wow, they get that this is my passion. She has honestly always supported me since I've been really little, always believed in me. And if I had something that I brought to her, always been encouraging um, the mm-hmm. move to Nashville was definitely amazing on her part. That was a big um, one. And we a lot of, oh, of it course, is. yeah, a lot of driving around the country, just speaking in all these states <laughs> to so many kids. Um, there's a funny story, too. Um, I think I was speaking mm-hmm. at a school in Missouri, and there were some news teams out front. They were filming us getting out of the car, um, and the fire department was there. They were raising the flag, which was really amazing, outside the school as we were walking in. Um, this was a really cool school to be able to speak at. It was it was a middle school, I think, if I'm if I'm remembering right. And um, she gets out of the car first to be able to kind of like get everything organized before I get out because mm-hmm. she knew that we were being filmed. And when she opened the trunk of the car, all of our things that had been packed, you know, because we had been traveling so much, um, you know, had shifted around while we were driving. So she opened up the trunk, and the entire trunk of all of our suitcases, like hair dryers, everything <laughs> went rolling across oh, the parking lot in front of these cameras. But she was so relaxed about it and, you know, kind of got everything together and I got right out of the car and we were we were all set. So she's she's a trooper. <laughs> <coughs> I love that story. Wow. And, and, and of course I could tell that your whole career is a family affair. That's kind of what we are. We're a family affair show. And we let and we have another co host, a little eight year old that we bring on for every episode to ask one question. So Sandy's going to go outside to get him real quick. Yeah. He's outside playing. I'll go get it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'll go get and, it. And, and when our 18 month old daughter gets a little older, we'll be plugging her into the show too because we are a family affair. <laughs> can she, um, can, at 18 months, she can talk, right? Not yet. But she can say okay. she can she say if you were here to mama, dada, if, if you like that. <laughs> okay, so we're get, we're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> when she can talk, and we can already tell she'll probably be chatty, so that'd be good. <laughs> I love it. 
Okay, I've got Christopher here. He's ready with his question. Hi, Chris. What's her name? Hi, Savannah. What's your favorite food? Oh, good question, Chris. My favorite food is probably Italian food, like spaghetti and meatballs is really good, and ice cream. Mm. And what's yours, though, Chris? Pizza. Pizza. Ooh, yes. Thanks for your question, Chris. (laughs) You're welcome. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, he, <laughs> oh he, he, <laughs> he probably never been to be part of it. What's your um? His name is Chris. Just your name is Chris too. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a, a Chris ju- he's junior, a junior, so he kind of wants to be called Christopher because to be a little different from Dad. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how sweet! I love that. That's amazing. Thanks for having him <laughs> ask me that. That's a good question. <laughs> well, thank you, and he loves it too. Um, he does. So, if, if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Oh my gosh, that's a that's a hard question. I okay, so I go right to I love and have from you know super young age, super inspired by Taylor Swift. So oh, I, yeah, no, she's good. She yeah, is good. she's a great writer. Love her music. Um, <laughs> But, gosh, in Nashville, there's so many great writers and, you know, publishing houses, too, that I would die to write with. Y'all know Shane McAnally. At oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He writes some hits. I would love to write with, um, oh, gosh, uh, Dan and Shay, either of them. They're awesome. Hopefully they're listening, and they'll give me a call after this. They all know where to find <laughs> me. So. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking of Taylor Swift, now – a lot of people aren't thinking about this, but this is how I kind of think about things. You know, when when Taylor writes a song, there's there's always a, an, a meaning behind it that people don't know about. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you know, she she did the song Betty at the ACMs. Mm-hmm. When you get off of here, listen closely to that song and ask yourself this: Could Betty be the country music industry? Oh, maybe, maybe that's a maybe. That's a thought there. I love that. Yeah, because when, 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 when you listen to the words, it, it's like apologizing and "Will you take me back?" type thing. Yes. Ooh, that's a that's a yeah. That's it. My mom saying wow. Cause she can hear y'all. <laughs> that's a good thought there. That's, that's amazing. I mean, again, I don't know if that, if that's really it, but you know, you know that was my that. first thought when I heard the song. I mean. I heard the song before the ACMs, but I was like, okay, this is weird, her being back on the ACMs. And then I listened to the words really closely. I'm like, ooh, this really could go with her trying to make that move back to country. Yeah. Wow. That's a, She does write very, you know, secret little things and, like, little references and things. It's always cool to try to figure those out. I'm going to go listen to I'm going to send you a text. No. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story before I ask the artist that same question where they want to be in five years because I want them to think about that question before I ask it. Because because when we asked Kelsey that question, um, the answer she gave us back then is almost to the T of what she's living right now five years later. So I thought that was pretty cool that, that she knew where she was going, 
and now she's living that. So knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? Oh, no pressure. Okay, let me really put a good <laughs> idea there because y'all, y'all's magic show is going to make it happen for me. Um, <laughs> oh, God. There you go. I want, I want to be selling out Madison Square Garden and um, being able to perform all around the world. That'd be incredible. And maybe be releasing my fourth or fifth album at that time, you know, the top billboard mm-hmm. chart. <laughs> there you so go. it'd be cool in five years that when we tell when we give that same introduction to that question, we're talking about you. That'd be amazing. And you know what? I'll call y'all back in five years from today and I'll let you know if I'm yeah and how close I am. <laughs> so Okay, good. now let's say that you look five, ten, fifteen years down the road, whatever it is, you're a success on whatever level that is, but you're a success. If the person you are now could meet your future self, the future self, what would you tell her? Oh gosh, future self. Because um, yeah, um, you know, everybody yeah. asks it, it the other way. You know, everybody always asks, what would you tell your past self? I like to go to the future. What would you want to remind or, or even remind your future self? Maybe, maybe you know, um, I think this all the time. Even today, my, you know, something my past self would probably tell my future self is that I wanted at one point to be exactly where I am now. You know, when I was 10, I dreamed of living here. And now I'm mm-hmm. here and I'm bigger dreams, you know, so mm-hmm. I would probably send her uh, me, you know, in, in 10, 15 yeah. years that you should be happy where you're at because you've always, you know, at one point you wanted to be where you're at now, so mm-hmm. that's probably what I Love would say. That. Love that. So let's say you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing and they got something special. It's definitely something there. And let's say they've played 40 or 50 shows, so they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. Now, this would be pre-COVID advice, so keep that in mind. But let's yep. say that they've gotten on stage, and they got what every artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd, and the crowd's just roaring for them, and they know they're in the right place. And they come to you, and they say, Savannah, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? I would say... Oh my gosh! Well, I, I have to think too. What advice would I give? Would I give myself? I think I. I mean, a big one is not to give up practice a ton. That's a huge thing, and constantly be prepared, mm-hmm. take risks, take chances, um, focus on you know creating amazing music. That's always a, a great thing because a, a song will speak for itself, you know, and move a room. Yeah. So if you're being genuine in mm-hmm. your music, then you're going to be successful no matter what that looks like. So. And I would definitely want to sing with them and film a video of us singing together. <laughs> That's what I would like. There you go. Uh, and, you know, I, I love that answer because um, I remember when we were first starting the show, I asked one of my Nashville friends, um, what advice would he give us as we grow as, a, as hosts? And I'll never forget an answer because I think it goes with really anything in life, but especially whether you're a host, an artist, or that. But I remember him telling me that, that the, the um, he, advice he would give would be to be and stay authentic. He said you could tell every Bobby Bones joke. You could tell every Ty Bentley joke. And, and he said you might even be good at it. Who knows? He said, but the day's going to come when authentic Chris comes out. And when that day comes, you're going to lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to authentic Chris. They were attracted to fake Chris. 
So if you, you're, he said, your show may grow slower doing this by you being authentic right from the beginning and staying that way, you'll gain the right audience. Yep. Yeah, no, I love that a hundred percent. And when you said what you said, that kind of made me think of that. Cause again, it's, a, it's about being, cause I think a lot of times the, the problem I see in music Especially like with labels, they they do everything they can to change that artist. But yep. that's and I and to be honest with you, I think sometimes that that stuff like that could be part. It's not the full cause, but it could be part of the cause of why artists and actors and stuff like that ends up going towards drugs and alcohol. Because you know what, that they're every day that they're singing, they know that's not them, so they're wearing this mask. And in order to hide that mask, they have to go towards something external. Yep, 100%. I know, I, I think that's definitely, you know, I feel like labels are maybe moving in a little bit of a better direction with that. You know, letting mm-hmm. artists kind of build their brand before approaching labels and, you know, kind of taking from that. I thought a really <coughs> cool example in Nashville of that is Marin Morris. You know, she's yeah. so authentic mm-hmm. and she's so herself and the music she was writing pre-label is the same as her music, you know, now that she's with, you know, a major label and having all this success. So I think that that's, that's really cool and really important too. Yeah, I mean, even Gabby Barrett, I mean, I'm friends with her yeah. sister and her dad. And, and I actually, um, before Gabby made the announcement um, that she was going to be on Idol, um, I was already a fan of hers kind of. And, and, and I remember when she made that announcement, I told Sandy she'll be top five, no question. And 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 Sandy was like, "How? There's so many people that was coming on Idol. How can you even be sure?" I was like, "You just don't know. This girl's if, if they let, she could win this, but she's definitely top five. And she made it top three, and and all that. And as they say, the rest is history. But but again, knowing where she came from and all that, I remember on Idol, um, everyone but Luke kept telling her. You're not country. You need to change. You can't do country. You'll never make it as country. Did she? She didn't listen. And, yeah. and here we are now. Look at where she's at. Absolutely. That's a that's a big thing. I I feel like I've had to learn too. Is um everyone has their own thoughts and their own mm-hmm. opinion, and sometimes it's hard to hear a high up person, you know, within a label or organization's um, critique of you or their, their thoughts or what you should do and where you should go. And it's always good, you know, to listen to those people, but take it with a grain of salt, you know, um, because everyone has different preferences and things. So I've definitely walked out of meetings, you know, feeling a little discouraged sometimes, but you know, at the end of the day, you got to pick yourself up and be proud of the (laughs) music you're creating and, um, I totally, I love that. And I'll tell you too, Gabby's song, I Hope, um, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. good. I love that song. And I, I jammed that it, in the car all the time. It fooled me. It fooled, I mean, I remember the first time I heard that song, I'm listening, and I told Sam, it's like, oh my God, a, a girl going a different way. Because, <laughs> you know, you know when, it, when it comes to women singing that type of song, it's always the revenge song. I was like, oh my God, she don't have revenge here. And then you yep. get into it. Into the chorus, like, and way in the at the end of the chorus, I'm like, okay, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's the ultimate. You know, who cares about if you scratched up like Carrie did, someone's truck? 
this is the ultimate revenge, you know. <laughs> I hundred percent, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> so yeah, it was crazy, but but we loved it, you know. The really great song, but yeah, you know, it definitely gets you if you never heard it before and you hear it for the first time. You're like, okay, this is different. Yeah, and then it comes back into that <laughs> that chorus. You're so right. <laughs> so. As you're growing and rising in in the music industry, you probably have friends that are coming along this journey with you. Um, who are one or two artists that people should know about? People should know about. Oh gosh. Um, let me think. Oh, you know, you know who I I love right now. Who's um, you know, recently having some success also on TikTok. She's from South Florida, and she did Idol, too. I'm not sure if you remember her audition, um, but her name is Peach Martine, and she's 19, <laughs> so cute and so sweet. Have you heard of her? I'm not sure. Sounds familiar. I may have not seen. Sounds familiar, but I'm not yeah. sure. So she did an Idol audition a couple years ago, and then just now is kind of gaining some traction on TikTok, and we've connected. I think she's so genuine and nice, and um, we're both from Florida, so we connected there. Oh, wow. But she has a song recently, it's called Disco Barbie, super cute mm-hmm. pop song, like so catchy, and so huh. I would definitely say watch out for her. She's so good. That, um, that, and then, that is awesome. Oh, God. I know, she's so good. And then um, in Nashville, too, I have a good friend named Lexi Lauren, who is Mm -hmm. so good. She's releasing things now, too. I think she just got a cut on Martina's new album. Oh, wow. Really So, so yeah, Lexi Lauren today. Mm -hmm. That is cool. So as we come to a close here, um, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Question I wish hosts should never do. Um, hmm. Y'all have covered some good ground. I feel like I feel like you've done very well. Hold on, let me think. <laughs> we love to hear that. You know, we love oh, we to hear love that because in it. fact, we've built our show around that question. I think that's why we have covered so much ground. Is because, like, for instance, about a hundred episodes back, um, we interviewed a girl named Francelle, and when I asked her that question, she was like, "I just wish people would ask me what's quirky about me." And we love that one so much. It has been in every episode since. I love it. You know, that's yes. right, because you asked me that. That's what, mm-hmm. I love it. No, <laughs> y'all have done great. I can't think of anything else um, I want to throw in there. Nothing else. No, just just shout awesome. out to y'all for how good this interview's been. <laughs> oh, well, thank we you. So appreciate so, that. So thank if you, you want to tell everybody how they can reach you, that'd be awesome. Yes, absolutely. So um, if you want to listen to my music, you can search me on any streaming platform, Apple Music, Spotify. It's Savannah Madison, and Madison has two Ds, so M-A-D-D-I-S-O-N, and Savannah likes the city. And then my um, Instagram is at Savannah Madison, so you can check out all um, my recent kind of updates on there. Um, And then my TikTok is also Savannah Madison, so check it out if you have time. Love that. And, you know, we enjoyed having you on the show today, and we for sure look forward to having you back down the road. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Five years, and I, I got y'all. You can have tickets to Madison Square Garden. <laughs> okay, oh, sounds good. We're looking forward <laughs> to that. Sounds great. Thank y'all so uh, much. You, you have a great day. Oh, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye.